0: it's time for bourbon with friends the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously pull up a chair grab a glass and remember a bourbon with friends can change the world here we go Hello and welcome to another episode of Bourbon with Friends, Bourbon Across America. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Connor. How's it going, man? How are you doing? I'm inspired by that, Connor. I'm inspired. <laughs> <laughs> um, and today we're joined by Vince. Uh, Vince actually comes to us from Bardstown, Kentucky. Uh, he actually works at Bardstown Bourbon Company, and uh, he's going to kind of tell us a little bit uh, about his bourbon story. Vince, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How's it going, guys?
0: It is going well, except for the fact that it got really, really hot in this room, like all of a sudden, like, I don't even know why, but I'm about, I feel like I'm about to start sweating all of a sudden. It just, it just happened. Uh, uh, Take your shirt off. No, (laughs) there's been no bourbon yet. Like, that's the thing. It's, um, it's, I I took the shirt off one time for a charity on a live and I think that's the first and only time that's going to happen. Uh, it was for veterans, right? So it's a, it was a good cause. So
2: yeah, you gotta, you gotta do it for veterans. That's, there's no other choice. You have to. Correct.
0: So Vince, why don't you kind of talk to us a little bit about um, you know, who you are, uh, where you're from and then, uh, you know, kind of what got you into bourbon to begin with.
1: All right. Um, Let's see. Well, my name is Vince Uh, born and raised here. Bardstown, Kentucky actually grew up, a little bit outside of town, little community called Corvertown. Most people don't know about Corvertown, Kentucky, but it's where my parents still live, but live in Bardstown now. It's like 10 minutes away. But um, I don't know. I went to UK, graduated, go cats. Uh, while I was in Lexington, I started out at uh, a town branch distillery over there. Uh, Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company, I should say. So they do like Town Branch Bourbon and Rye, and uh, mm-hmm. they uh, they have their Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale beer. So that was like my first distillery job. I'll be honest with you. Before that, I wasn't that much into drinking bourbon. I was more interested in just like the industry of it, you know, mm-hmm. like the the hospitality, the tourism part of it, right. Um, so I ended up working there kind of like most of my last year of school. And, uh, that got my foot in the door and then eventually, uh, made the jump over here to Bardstown.
0: So you told us kind of earlier, uh, your first, your first bourbon was town branch single barrel. How was that experience just kind of with well, that first initial one?
1: It's tough, you know, it, definitely wasn't my first sip of bourbon. You know, you know how it is when you're younger around here, especially um, it's in the bottle. It, when, yeah. when
2: you're young in Kentucky, you mean young people in Kentucky drink bourbon? Really?
1: If you call KG and Coke bourbon, my God,
0: I call that rotting your insides out.
1: Yeah. Um, call that a good time. It's just whatever you could get your hands on. Whoever's older brother had a ID that would get you something. But yeah, um, Yeah, when I was, I honestly, I've always been more of a beer drinker, but uh, definitely love bourbon. So when I was at Town Branch, um, started trying more stuff just to learn more about flavor profiles and everything. Um, And they had, you know, they had their like regular Town Branch, but it was the Town Branch single barrel that really got me hooked, I guess, because it was the first time I really like tried to taste something to like actually think about what I was tasting. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. right. So uh, 10 year old, you know, probably 115, 120 proof cast strength. Uh, that's when I really decided, Hey, this bourbon stuff's actually pretty tasty. And that's kind of where it went from there.
0: So you, 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 you mentioned that um, your first, bourbon or what really got you in into bourbon or you know was working as a waiter at mammy's kitchen in college kind of elaborate on that for us
1: okay have you ever been to (laughs) mammy's i have not all right next time uh next time you're in bardstown um and assuming you can't get into you know the bardstown bourbon company kitchen and bar you need to check (laughs) out mammy's so mammy's uh it's downtown bardstown a little uh mom and pop, like country cooking, you know, what you want when you come to Kentucky, but, uh, Mm -hmm. they've got a huge like bourbon bar, one of the nicest bourbon bars in town. So like, uh, when I was in Lexington or living in Lexington for school, I would come home and, and I was working there over summer for a couple summers and breaks and stuff like that. Um, and learned more about bourbon, uh, you know, they trained us on like what we had at the bar and different products figured out what's good. I realized that, you know, Pappy was the expensive stuff and everything else. But, um, there I really realized how much bourbon means to people, you know, and like people come from all over the world to, to Bardstown and I've lived here my whole life. So you don't think of it as being like, Interesting or fun. It's just like what's happening here. It's just a small town USA, you know. Uh, but I realized that we had something cool here. And that's kind of what brought me in more than anything was realizing uh, that, you know, we've got something here that's nowhere else in the world. And people come from all over the world to check it out. So initially, you know, I was more interested in uh, like the hospitality and tourism part. Uh, and just ended up liking the stuff too. So,
2: yeah. Well, it's it's obvious you ended up liking the stuff because <clears throat> you, um, what what you did there, you know, developing your own blend and having it released as a wide release with yeah. uh, Fusion Number Four. I mean, coming from someone you you know, um, relatively younger in age. I know you say you're twenty six. I'm twenty five. Mm-hmm. So you know, having the palette to dis- distinguish those notes and, you know, have it be accepted company-wide and then released, that yeah. is, um, th- that's impressive in itself. So tell us a little bit about like how that, how that aspect, you know, how that fell into place for you. Right. Well,
1: first off, uh, you know, shout out to just the company for even like, Taking someone like me, you know, my perspective into play. You know, usually places they'll have like their master blender or master taster. Well, here, you know, they want to get everyone's perspective. We all like something different, but we can all, you know, come together and agree on something. So it was cool. Uh, basically, just trial and error, lots of tasting, um, <laughs> different things. It was a fun, uh, so worse,
2: fun, fun jobs than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely more shops.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. They just send you home with a, a little kit, you know, samples from multiple different barrels, different mash bills, different ages. You know, wow. we know how many barrels we have of each recipe. So some you can only use so much of a percentage cause we don't have enough to, you know, fill up the batch. Uh, so just kind of tweaking it along the way. You, you start just with your base, you know, which was uh, like a 13-year-old source, you know, for the fusion. We're blending it with some older stuff. Uh, and then you just kind of taste and tweak along the way. So right. a little more of this, a little less of that. And until I found something that I like, I'll tell you what, really, I was torn between two blends that I created. And they were both pretty different. Uh, yeah. I could have submitted both of them and just saw what happened, but I only wanted to do one. And my dad, who he like, he drinks bourbon, he likes bourbon, but he's not like, you know, a big bourbon drinker. I had him taste, you know, which one he preferred. He tasted them both and told me which one he preferred. And that's the one that I submitted. And it's one they ended up going with. So it's pretty cool. Just being a part of that, seeing how it's done and, Just
2: uh, kind of a trial and error thing. Is that something that like, so obviously to be not just a blender, but a master blender, that's apprenticeships, that's years of years of practice. That's years, you know, that's, that's, you know, usually some type of chemistry background for the most part. And, you know, is that something that you could see yourself, you know, potentially due to this experience going forward with in terms of you know so you're you coordinate the single barrels for bardstown which is i right. can imagine how how <laughs> you know hectic that is already but yeah. would blending ever be something that you would want to you know dip your feet in you already have dipped yeah. your feet in it and yeah. it was very successful so maybe moving forward you know is that Most something definitely. that maybe you see doing with bardstown more frequently I love,
1: or i would definitely love to it's fun you know it's hmm especially when we come together as a team and create different things, you know, and, and that's, what's great. Dan Calloway, who Danny Bardstown on Instagram, he leads up our, you know, new product development. So he's always wanting, you know, input and ideas and we've, uh, you know, the, the new triple blend, I got the bottle right here, the, the distillery only released the triple blended Oof. save finish. So like our visitor center team here, we all work together to create that, you know, it so it's fun. Um and it's definitely something I want to continue to do. Learning more about different flavor profiles, you know, I I think, you know, I think I have a decent palette. I know what's good and what I yeah. don't like. Um I'm not the best at like picking out certain, you know, notes, cherry, you know, all that. But I know what I like and what I don't like. So I think uh I think that's that's the bottom the bottom line is is it good and will it sell? So, uh, it, yes. it's not, it's not as hard as people think, you know, It's a, but it's, it's definitely a fun process. And here at Bardstown, we're not going to shy away from blending. You know, it's something we're always going to do. Right. We're working with the state finishing different finishing barrels. So it's, it's the product development definitely piques my interest.
0: So talk to me a little bit about about your palate um you your three favorite bourbons are wild turkey 101 henry mckenna 10 and elijah craig barrel proof kind of how did you settle on those like what was what was the process there and then why those three yeah three three interesting picks
1: yeah Yeah. wild turkey 101 to me is the standard you know that's 20 dollar bottle 101 proof that's uh that's kind of what i base a lot of things that I buy on, you know, if, if I can get wild Turkey 101 for $20, we were talking before about budget drinkers, yeah. uh, you know, it's gotta be pretty dang good for me to, to spend more than a hundred dollars on something, you know, yeah. when, when that's out there for 20, uh, Henry McKenna, that's right in my wheelhouse, you know, 10 year old, Um, uh, I like the bottle and bond a hundred proof. I usually prefer stuff a little higher, but with the 10 year old and, and I don't know, that's just a good point. I know it won a lot of awards and got a lot of recognition. So I don't want to sound too basic saying that's one of my favorites, but it it is, you know, I, I agree quite often. Elijah Craig. There's always a lot of Elijah Craig in my house. Uh, when I lived with, well, still at my parents' house, but when I lived with them, my mom works for heaven Hill. So she has, Okay. Elijah Craig oh. and Larceny. Um, so that's that's when I go over to their house, that's usually what my dad's drinking is Elijah Craig. So that's usually what I'll have. So it's a barrel proof to me. You know, I like kind of the higher proof stuff. So uh, I've had... Do you, have good, a f-
2: uh, Do you have a favorite barrel proof release of Elijah Craig?
1: Not in particular. I did their... Uh, they have that new like... Uh, heaven hill bourbon experience out there you need to check that out when you come to town um, you can like fill your own bottle you get to sample like four different things they only let you buy one bottle i would have bought more than one but uh, i ended up going home i think it was like a 12 year elijah craig barrel proof so it was whatever they had on the fill your own bottle tap that i went home with that day that i'm sweet still savoring yeah that one was yeah it's, still good. it's like sweet as candy but like can't remember the proof 120 something, and I don't know. It's Ooh. good,
0: perfect. Yeah. So, what's your earliest bourbon
2: memory? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, you probably don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I,
1: I don't know. You know, in high school, you like we talk about like the which I don't count Kentucky gentlemen as bourbon. Um, maybe uh that's a tough I don't really have like one early bourbon memory not like from drinking bourbon but my mom she's been at heaven hill my entire life so I remember touring she works at the the bottling facility here in Bardstown so I remember taking a tour there I was little you know maybe five or six years old and uh that's that's the earliest memory of me actually realizing what bourbon is and it's something that is alcohol that people drink. So it's a tough question.
0: Yeah. Hey, I mean, I, I, my earliest bourbon memory, I probably would, would be in my like mid twenties. So I, I, I get it. Um, do you have any bad bourbon stories? Like everyone has like some that are really funny. Do you have any of those?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, Please do tell.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's been some nights, you know, where you get a good bottle of like Eagle Rare or maybe just like a simple maker's that just goes down super smooth and you end up uh, <laughs> finishing most of the bottle with someone or if not all, uh, wake up with a pretty bad headache. But
2: uh, pants are off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I drank a lot of bourbon during the pandemic, just being home and
2: yeah. sipping and Same.
1: sipping for hours and it's where this whole getting, thing came from. Yeah, maybe getting a little sick here and there. Uh, not too often, but it happens,
2: you know. So Right. Oh, it happens to the best of us, man. We all yeah. have that story that that you you almost enjoy telling. I have stories that I like when people ask me. It's like, oh, I can't wait to tell this story because you know it's going to get a laugh, or it just brings back good memories, even if the hangover doesn't, you know, yeah. make it worth it during the moment. It's, yeah, I, I have a story about uh, Eagle Rare. might be better for off air, but I <laughs> yeah. Have. yeah, I love so, some Eagle
1: Rare. That's a good one. So,
2: yeah, Vince,
0: what makes, what do you think makes bourbon so special, not just to you, but to, you know, the community that's really been built around the spirit?
1: I think it's like just, uh, I don't know if the words like the exclusiveness of it, you know, it's all here in in Kentucky. Well, 95% of it, I guess, but you know what I'm saying? Like having I feel like a lot of states or or towns around the country, you know, they have like their thing. Uh but bourbon is like a worldwide thing, you know? Think of how much bourbon's getting sent overseas into Japan. People love it all around the world. Uh so to me, just having it mainly come from like one geographical location, uh, I think is kind of what makes it more special. You know, they can, there's plenty of great bourbons coming out of like Texas and Tennessee and Florida even, but like it's uh, it's not the same, you know, it's not Kentucky bourbon. So I think that's, right. I love the state of Kentucky too, you know, so having something exclusive to here is uh is pretty neat.
0: When you're, when you have like a get together, a or party or something like that, right? Like what's the, what's the one thing when you're picking a bottle of bourbon, like if you're like, I'm going to pick this bottle, what, what's your why behind why you're going to pick that bottle for an evening?
1: That's tough. You know, it depends on what type of evening I want it to be. <laughs> so, If I want it to be just like a chill hangout, you know, I'll sip on Maybe like a like a wild turkey or like a maker's, you know, lower in proof. But sometimes I like the higher proof stuff. Uh, but it's hard to drink more of that. I don't really go for like, you know, on the rocks or mixing. You know, I don't do cocktails. I'm mostly just drinking neat if I'm drinking bourbon. So uh, price is a huge thing. Too, so
2: yeah.
0: What's the most expensive bottle you've ever bought?
1: This one, this triple blend, $200. I don't spend Oof. that much very often. $200 good bucks. We, uh, I don't
0: yeah. know if we should ask him about his thoughts on the secondary market or not. Um,
1: I have some thoughts.
0: Okay, yeah, well, let's, hear them. Thoughts? let's hear them. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, there you I, go. No, I mean, I know people who make a good living on the secondary market, mm. uh, which is fine. Um, I think it's bootlegging which is illegal.
2: Uh, <laughs> exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Not wrong. So,
1: um, you know, I think it, it keeps regular people from getting good releases, you know, limited stuff. They, they, the bottle flippers, they soak up all the, all the stock, you know, all the supply and hold on to it. And then you got to be part of Facebook groups and all of that. Uh, to me, it's not what it's all about, you know, stuff's made to be drank. It's made to be shared with friends. So, so I just, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the secondary market, but you know, it, it's out there for people to get. So people are going to try to make money when they have an opportunity. So I understand that.
0: Do you think that it's hurts like the overall I guess, brand of bourbon, right? Like not like a specific brand, but like what bourbon is and how people that might not drink the spirit might perceive it.
1: I think it does. You know, I think people just think, you know, oh, I got to spend an arm and a leg just to get something good, um, which isn't always true, but you know, the, the bigger names, the ones that people talk about and you'll see reviews of you know online uh they're just harder and harder to get uh so i I think it 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 keeps you know casual average bourbon drinkers uh from getting more into it and and into uh wanting to try different things just less stuff out there
0: yeah i agree man i think that it's definitely something that's I think it's definitely something that's a little harder for people who don't love the spirit like we do to to really go in there. So you know, it's it's really cool. So kind of your last thoughts on on this? You know, obviously bourbon is very American and stuff, and 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 it's you know it's the national spirit uh, of of our country. What do you think? May what do you think has brought bourbon to such popularity? in america and like do you think it's and actually surviving almost being extinct right like you know what do you think it is about the spirit that just doesn't go away and continues to be more popular
1: i think and i tell people this a lot because that's a good question um i think part of it is uh women being more interested in bourbon you know it's not yeah an old man sitting by a fire with a cigar sipping on bourbon anymore you know it's it's culinary, like we talked about with our, our restaurant here at the distillery and the cocktail culture. That's a huge thing these days, bourbon cocktails uh, all across the country. So just uh, more people, I mean, that's half the population, you know, interested. So um, I think that has made it grow a lot and making it an entire culture. And uh, it's right. not, you know, with the way these distilleries, you know, these days are, are more than just a tour and a tasting and a gift shop, you know, it's uh, more educational tours and experiences. We're doing like blind tasting classes, we're doing barrel thievings um, all of that, you know, I, it makes people want to learn more, uh, makes people want to do more. Uh, so just, just adding, you know, a whole whole different demographic to the bourbon i guess population uh add you know that much more demand
0: right no that makes a lot of yeah. sense i agree so vince i know this was your first podcast man you did a good job yeah, i
1: appreciate that
0: what's what's the last it. thing you want everyone to know uh about about you and your love of bourbon
1: you know there's always a new bourbon to try so keep drinking uh <laughs> keep keeps uh, keeps me employed for now um the more bourbon you buy yeah. but uh don't don't uh don't be biased by labels you know brands or proofs mm. or ages um or what you might read online you know let your own your own palate your own taste buds uh do the thinking for you cuz there's a lot of good stuff out there that uh you might not ever pick up you know but until you try them all you'll really know what you like
0: (laughs) Uh, well said well said vince (laughs) thank you for joining us this was uh this was great god bless america yeah and uh remember a bourbon with friends can change the world that's it for this episode of bourbon with friends be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode while you're at it leave us a review to make it easier for others to find the show You can also check us out on Instagram at BWF podcast. Thanks for listening.